Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Happy summer solstice. It's actually fairly nice here in Calgary. It uh, rained a lot uh, the last few days, but uh, we're hoping for now that it's rained, get rid of the forest fires, and then we can actually have summer. My name is Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar evening of solutions for a new Alberta brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. Our purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we couldn't do this without your help. If this is your first time watching. Welcome, and I hope you find this information engaging and want to find out more. And if you're a regular APP webinar viewer, thank you for your support. We couldn't do this without you. APP is membership-driven with a goal of a million-plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation to albertaprosperityproject.com. You can find out more on there. We also have APP merchandise at albertaprosperitystore.com. So I need to get another shirt rather than this, but I mean, how cool is this? I'll get to that in a second. Uh, please, we also have a, 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 a petition to establish Alberta's independence. And you can also go to bit.ly slash abvotesyes. Uh, that is abvotesyes. It's a short thing, uh, bit.ly slash abvotesyes. I believe it's also on the albertaprosperityproject.com page. And I'm sure Walter will post all that. So... First things first, people have been asking me for the last month and a half, where have I been? Why have I not been doing these webinars on uh, Wednesdays? And, uh, you know, kudos to Chris Scott from Whistle Stop Cafe for coming up and uh, and basically kind of taking over. And he's done an amazing job and continuing this every Wednesday. So we do this every Wednesday. Um, but I actually ran in the provincial election. And uh, I won't get into all that. That'll be another another spiel at some point. But I do want to say that it was uh, it was a great uh, experience, and it although I didn't win because clearly I'm doing these webinars. Um, but what it did do is it gave me uh, another platform to get out and actually talk to talk to people. So I talked to students, I talked to retirees, uh, I talked to people in and bars and restaurants, which I usually do anyways. Um, but to have not only a one-on-one, -on -one, but to have a different platform and, and get into the schools, there's really no other way that I think APP can get into a, a classroom and at least talk about the, the benefits of, uh, of having a referendum on independence. So I accomplished what I wanted to do. And uh, so that's kind of my statement on, on how that went. And uh, it was great to meet so many people out there. Again, a lot of times we're in our own bubble talking and it's nice to get out of that bubble and actually talk to other people. And uh, so I th actually think that was a, a, an amazing experience. And, and um, <laughs> one of the, one of the reasons why I was wearing my shirt today, just so you have an idea is I was down in Lethbridge today at the Coots for uh, pre-trial that's going on. So if you don't know the story about that, essentially they were arrested in the Coots, uh, blockade convoy back in February. I believe the actual date was February 13th. They are still in jail. They are still in jail. And uh, we're now at 494 days, I believe. So almost 500 days that they've been in jail. 
Um, they did have uh, some sort of a, uh, a bail hearing and that didn't go. And um, But the reason I'm telling you this, and, and I, again, I, I went there today to actually see the guys in jail and or in the courtroom and uh, and see how they're being treated. And, uh, and I'm not saying whether or not they're guilty or not, that's up to the courts, but we do need to have some, uh, some process done with them. And, um, and I, I believe if we had a strong voice, uh, as, as we try and do with APP, a strong voice collectively as uh, members of APP, as of people that are uh, just concerned Albertans, we might be able to help them out in order to maybe even get them out on bail. They have not seen, or, uh, well, I guess they have seen partially their families, but really only in a courtroom setting. Um, some of them are actually under uh, almost solitary confinement where they're basically kept in uh, in their cell for 23 hours out of a day. Um, and and I, I, I think that's just total garbage. And, and of course, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing it up on this APP uh, webinars because we're we're going to be talking about um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that deals with uh, how can we how can we become independent or how can we uh, better do sovereignty uh, against the, uh, the the federal government because really that's the only reason why these guys are still in jail is it, it's through the crown it's through the federal government it's not a provincial matter uh, they have some serious charges on them and uh, but. If they were in a different situation, if we had our own judges, maybe judges that we could elect or, or maybe our own police force, uh, that might be uh, might all change. So essentially, that's why I wanted to bring that up today to say that uh, and make awareness that these boys are still in jail. And you can find out more about it on the Facebook page. It's called Alberta. Um, geez, I should know this off the top of my head. Alberta. Somebody help me out there. Um, Alberta prisoners, Alberta political prisoners. That's what it is. So look under Facebook, Alberta political prisoners. And likewise, you can go online. Uh, there's a, a, a wonderful person. We've actually had her on a webinar before it's granny Mackay, and she is spearheading uh, fundraising efforts for that. And it's under granny G R A N N Y and Mackay is spelt M A C K A Y. That's McKay for us non-Scottish people, uh, and you can go out and find out more. So with having said all of that, whew, look at this, looking at my head all this time. Tonight's webinar was entitled, and I say was, and equalization now with constitutional litigator Jeffrey Rath, uh, based on a substack that he did. It's under jeffreyr.substack.com. However, we just found out Jeff is sick. So he will not be able to uh, join us today. Uh, but we do have Dr. Dennis Modry, who was uh, going to be talking about the second part of the webinar. And that is to answer the question and answer section uh, from the APP members meeting in Bowdoin uh, this past uh, Saturday, June 17th. So I'll bring him on in a second. And of course, this is always a live webinar. So we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. And if you do that, put three question marks before the question. That way it's flagged and I can quickly go through them and uh, and find out you know, what questions you want to ask. And of course, we do have 
I don't know how many questions. We've got 33 questions to answer from, uh, from Bowden's, uh, the, uh, the APP uh, members meeting in, uh, on uh, Saturday. So with that, why don't we bring Dennis on? And uh, how are you, Dennis? Um, better now. <laughs> it's tough being in the in the back here. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. No, it's it's good, Carrie. Enjoyed your comment, introductory okay. comment. So the uh, did you want to maybe mention what happened at the members meeting? I know a lot of people that are members will have received an email uh, back about uh, you know what what transpired and who who are the people that are involved. Did you want to maybe touch on that? Sure. Um, do you mind if I make just one comment about equalization and then we'll please get do because I think that's the reason why most people logged I, in. I know, and so I don't <laughs> want to let those people uh, down. Let me, right. let me just make the, the comment. So roughly 62% of the Alberta electorate supported ending equalization. Now, the equalization concept is in the Constitution, but the formula is outside the Constitution. So the formula could be adjusted. Trudeau in 2019 um, just unilaterally um, approved it to carry on exactly in the same way that it has been occurring. And of course, um, the original intent was for the provinces to all get together with the federal government and discuss whether or not the formula should be changed. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality. When that referendum was held and given its success at 62%, if you wonder why nothing's been done about it, you need to understand that when Jason Kenney organized that, um, that referendum and planned for it, it was virtue signaling only. And, oh. the, reason, and the reason is uh, because he, smart, he was smart enough to know that there was no way in which he could force ending, the equalize, ending equalization. And, but that's what the majority of the public wanted, was to end equalization. And why, why he knew that, that he couldn't end equalization, because in order to end equalization, you have to open and change the Constitution to do that. Yeah. And there are five hurdles to change the Constitution, which make it absolutely impossible uh, to achieve. And it's just important for people to understand that that it, it just simply is not possible uh, to do it unless the federal unless the provincial government has the leverage to actually negotiate um, from a position of strength. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if the provincial government was, as you pointed out in your introduction, was empowered uh, consequent to a successful referendum on secession, which triggers the Clarity Act, mm -hmm. um, that forces the federal government to negotiate. And so rather than just thinking about ending equalization, if the provincial government was empowered through a referendum on Alberta secession, it could negotiate everything that troubles Alberta, yeah. that, that we are concerned about, whether it's a moral issue, a freedom issue, or a prosperity an economic issue. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand, and the, and I'll let Jeff, when Jeff uh, comes, he's written a great substack on um, equalization. Yeah. 
and um, and it's going to be important for him to express this to um, you know to all of the listeners. Uh, but he's he wants to work uh, also uh, with the UCP in terms of um, changing the legislation uh, within the province because the province actually has more clout than it has um, exercised. So, for example, just one point, and then I'll leave the equalization thing. The provincial government really has the ability uh, to pass legislation uh, that would end equalization, because in the in the uh, in the uh, constitution, it doesn't say that the provincial that a provincial legislature can't legislate against equalization. So it's an interesting concept, and I'm not a constitutional lawyer, although I study the Constitution, but Jeff makes some very, very good arguments about what the provincial government could do actually to end equalization. So with that, I'll just, I'll just leave it. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely have, uh, have Jeff on for next week. And likewise, you can go to jeffreyr.substack.com and you can take a look at what he was talking about. And and just, just so that I have an idea, that question that was on whatever it was, two municipal elections ago where they actually asked about the uh, the ending equalization, is that really what the question was, is to end equalization? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. it was to end equalization. It wasn't okay. to change the formula. Yeah. It was to end equalization. Okay. And I digress for one second. Yeah. I've got blueberry juice here, oh. although I, I, it could be a, bottle, a glass of wine, but it's actually blueberry juice with ice <laughs> for anybody that thinks I'm a little tipsy. I'm I've, I've got prune juice in my Coke here. so Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, then I guess that's all we'll really touch on about the the equalization for now. So uh, again, if you if you tuned in specifically for that story, we'll uh, we'll have the expert on next week. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, we can certainly go through a lot of the uh, the other questions for for sure. And I I did want to at least I wasn't there at the meeting on Saturday. My apologies. I had. I had a lot of work that I needed to catch up on and it was like, I either do this or do that. And, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff fell in out of, out of whack. So I couldn't make it there. And I was really hoping that I, I would have at least been able to. Um, but I hear that there were a few uh, announcements made. And did you want to say anything about that? Dennis? Sure. Sure. They, th this was a wonderful opportunity to get together with the members and there were roughly around 500 uh, present in person, and there were a number of people who uh, tuned in online. Mm -hmm. And um, the, uh, I mean, I was one of the speakers along with uh, with Leighton Gray, mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Rath, uh, Chris Scott, uh, Michael Wagner, and Corey Morgan. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was really a lot of fun. I think uh, we had a lot of good laughs. Um, but uh, you know, we 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 each each of the speakers. Uh, spoke to relevant issues, and there was no repetition. Everything was complementary um, in terms of speaker to speaker to speaker. And I thought it was I thought it was really well done. And of course, there was no coordination ahead of time in terms of what people were going to say. Yeah. But everybody had ten to twelve minutes to speak. Some may have spoken for fourteen or fifteen minutes. Um, but all in all, I thought it it really was a wonderful uh, event. And in my mind, it was an event in which um, the Alberta Prosperity Project is now poised uh, to take the next step. 
uh, and the next step is really based on a uh, very comprehensive, in fact, the most comprehensive uh, four-stage uh, business plan, some 90 pages, uh, to get us to the point where the provincial government is empowered uh, to negotiate with the federal government the new terms of our relationship with Canada. So I thought it went very, very well. And for announcements, um, you know, for those of you who didn't didn't know, um, uh, Leighton Gray is now the chairman of the board. And as you know, he's a constitutional lawyer and he's First Nations. And um, um, uh, Réjean Lavoie, who was the C, who is this chief operating officer, and for the period of time of my absence, he functioned as the um, interim CEO. Mm -hmm. um, he has now stepped aside, and Chris Scott magnanimously, uh, unenviably, <laughs> <laughs> has taken on the role as the interim CEO. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm back on the board, and uh, and uh, I've taken. I I I just feel, felt as though from the previous time when I was the CEO, 60 to 80 hours a week wasn't working very well for me, um, and that's what we were doing, and it was it was sort of exhausting, and um, so I'm I've taken a position with respect to APP just as chief strategist, and I'm happy to work with Chris yeah. and the operating team. Um, the regional directors and, and part of that operate, operating team yeah. and, uh, you know, to get our business plan uh, going. So, so um, I, you know, Chris is a delight to work with and I just think it's, uh, it's going to be fantastic uh, yeah. getting going. So I see, here's the first question, right? First question. Don't you want me to ask, answer? <laughs> We're on a time limit here. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So, so, so this is this is a good question. It's a three-part question. And the first question here is for those of you who are viewing this: What is the plan for APP to execute the business plan in the next one, two, and three years? Now, in an overarching fashion, the point of um, the timeline of roughly three years is that we made a decision that it was going to take roughly that length of time uh, to engage with, educate, and inspire. Albertans on the necessity of empowering the provincial government mm -hmm. to negotiate from a position of strength. Now, it's quite possible that something very egregious that the federal government does to us could compel Danielle to ask the public for a mandate um, to uh, negotiate with Ottawa from a position of strength. Uh, but um, regardless of whether whether that happens or when it happens, our plan is to carry on so that we can we can um, educate a plurality of Albertans. And it's important it's important to understand that, you know, uh, roughly three quarters of Albertans on polling uh, are dissatisfied with the federal government. And if they're dissatisfied with the federal government, it's incumbent upon us helping that set, that three quarters of the population. Uh, to move towards empowering the provincial government. If we want to fix it, it's going to be the provincial government that's going to do it. Um, but they will do it um, uh, as a result of us uh, giving them the intestinal fortitude, stiffening their spine, if you will, to deal effectively 
um, with with the federal government. So the, the, the plan for implementing the business plan um, has to do uh, to an extent with financing. And I said at the meeting that, you know, um, executing this business plan uh, requires a lot of money. And um, so the business plan has a cost to it of $20 million. Now, $20 million is a lot of money. There's no question about it. But I want you to put this in context. The opposition, if you will, the socialists, the Marxists, have spent $1.3 billion with a B yeah. to landlock our natural resources. So $20 million over three years, whereas it seems like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, if we break it down into bite sizes, it becomes less onerous. So, for example... If you if you take twenty million dollars, if ten thousand members donated two thousand dollars each, that's twenty million dollars, or seven hundred dollars a year for three years, yeah. or sixty dollars a month for three years. But it becomes even easier if there's twenty thousand members. That mm -hmm. reduces the cost by by half. Yeah. So a one-time donation of a thousand dollars, or um, a a, a uh, donation of three hundred and fifty dollars per year for three years, or thirty dollars a month for uh, mm -hmm. for three years. But it becomes even easier, doesn't it, uh, Carrie, if we have 100,000 members? Of course it does. We're talking a one-time donation of $200. Yeah. You no, know, or or uh, basically $70 once a year for three years or mm -hmm. $6 a month. Yeah. And think about if we had a million members. Well, then you're just talking about a one-time donation of $20. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the issue is, is what are the dollars used for? Well, it's really important to understand that marketing and advertising is extremely expensive. Um, billboard advertising, um, uh, television advertising, radio and TV, um, getting access into the school systems. And uh, for people who are content creators, videographers, etc., all of these people who are um, wanting to work with us, many of them, if not all of them, have families. They have obligations. And if they are to do this full time, they can't do it on a volunteer basis. So this project is both a combination of paid performers, paid uh, uh, contractors yeah. uh, in various roles, um, along with uh, a team of a, a large number of volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so, so the four-part business plan uh, contemplates uh, in phase one, for example, getting all of the um getting all of the organizations um, aligned with our objective we don't want to change what tba is doing or take back our freedoms is doing or project confederation or the alberta institute or um uh, the um, uh, frontier for freedom or you know any of these veter veterans for freedom freedom or, any of them, there's some 35 or 40 organizations, and we want them to keep doing what they're doing, but we want them to understand that if they actually want freedom and prosperity, then the way to do it is work, just synergize with us, get your members aligned with understanding the importance of um, forcing a referendum on Alberta secession. Yeah. So that is that is why you know, we want people to register um, online 
their interest, intent, to be motivated to vote in favor of a petition to support a referendum on Alberta uh, independence. And then sequentially, over time in these four phases, we want to be able to get to a point where um, we have a plurality of Albertans that would vote in favor of a referendum on independence. So let me give you an example. If you take just polling, if we want to, if you want really accurate polls, as you know, many polls are a thousand people, um, plus or minus uh, a margin of error of three percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason polls are so variable on a number of different topics is because it depends on where the polling is conducted, what the issue is and what the timing of the polling is in Absolutely. terms of what people are concerned about. Yeah. And so if we want to have really accurate polling, we need to poll not a thousand people, but 10,000 people, for example, one mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So throughout Alberta, so 2000 in the north, 2000 in the south, 2000 centrally, 2000 in Calgary, 2000 in Edmonton. You're looking at polls that are thirty or forty thousand dollars each under those circumstances, um, and then of course you know there are many many other uh, other expenditures along the way. So when we developed the business plan, it was the entire executive team that developed the business plan, but we had outside consultants. So for example, we uh, had consultants uh, such as Brett Oland, who's the president and CEO of Bow Valley Credit Union. We had outside uh, consultants from prominent business people, successful business people as well, uh, before we came to uh, finalize this, this plan, which we worked on diligently for three months uh, before we got it to a form where we had vetted all of the costs with multiple providers, multiple marketing and advertising companies, multiple billboard companies, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, so in a, in a way, and here's posted uh, now for you to see, this is from the Alberta Prosperity Project website, register for the petition to force a referendum on Alberta's independence. And remember that referendum on Alberta's independence, and by the way, I prefer the term sovereignty, but regardless of that, the concept is, if you want some form of Alberta independence, uh, that is, independent from gover federal government overreach on provincial constitutional authority, then you have to be willing to support a referendum on Alberta sovereignty. Yeah. And like I said, the outcome could be any one of five things, but we will get nothing. Um, so for example, if somebody's adamant about Alberta 51, and that's, that's their solution for Alberta independence, you can't get there unless the provincial government negotiates that. Mm -hmm. If you want Alberta to leave Canada with Saskatchewan, possibly Manitoba and some of the other places in the West, you can't get there uh, unless the provincial government negotiates that, negotiates those terms of the new relationship or Alberta becoming an independent sovereign constitutional republic or Alberta remaining in Canada, but with complete control of its wealth and affairs. So you get the point the whole idea of that referendum, it's simply a tool. It's a tool like a can opener is a tool to open a can of tomato soup. It's a tool to open and change the constitution. So, so we learned a lot in the, uh, the previous year uh, prior to um, 
doing this uh, latest business plan, we learned some things that worked. We learned some things that didn't work. And, uh, and as a result of uh, sort of retrenching and saying, what do we do now? How do we get everybody, how do we get the three quarters of the population on board who are disillusioned with the federal government? Mm-hmm. Well, this is the way to do it. And everybody who has a different perspective on Alberta independence or Alberta sovereignty has to come together on this one point, the referendum to give to empower the provincial government. That's the referendum on Alberta sovereignty or Alberta independence. So so that's the best I can uh, tell you. With respect to the business plan, uh, another question that comes up is it can be shared, can it be shared with the membership? Um, and I'm going to just say this. Um, this is a decision for the board of directors. This wouldn't be for me to be able to say that. There's a lot of very sensitive information in there in terms of strategy. So, mm-hmm. for example, if the federal government does this, how would we respond? Or better yet, how would we preempt a response from the federal government or an NGO that doesn't align with Alberta sovereignty or Alberta's quest for freedom and prosperity. Mm. So, so these things are very sensitive and in the wrong hands, uh, they would undermine our ability to execute our business plan. So one solution could be that for anybody who wants to actually see this, that they sign an NDA uh, ahead of time and they realize what the consequences are yeah. if, if that is, uh, if that uh, business plan is shared with the opposition, for example. Yeah. So, and, and likewise, I, I think I can't say yeah. I can't say Carrie whether the board would would agree with that or not. Yeah, we right. got two, yeah. we got two lawyers on our board, Jeff Rath yeah. and, and Leighton Gray, yeah. and uh, I don't know what they would think uh, yeah. about that question. And I was going to say, if people want to get involved, you know, they could probably uh, be a volunteer and maybe uh, try and uh, work up to the board. But again, there's going to be a vetting process for that. We're not just going to allow anybody just to be to come in, come in and, and have access to that. But if there were if there was somebody that uh, maybe strategically would want to be involved, and in, uh, then I would I would say reach out to APP and uh, and uh, take a look at it. Maybe it, it's good to have. You can't have too many. Too many cooks, though, right? You can't have uh, too many uh, too many hands in the uh, in the pot because obviously this has been thought out very very well so far. And um, one one of the things that we were even just talking about uh, earlier about the uh, where would the twenty million dollars go? And uh, if if you remember, we had uh, the Alberta government had a vaccine. Um, uh, advertising campaign campaign that they said only cost $15 million. Well, I know for a fact from my background in advertising that that was a lot more than $15 million because it was everywhere. It was on radio, it was on TV, it was on billboards, but basically that's what we would want to educate Albertans, Mm -hmm. the same sort of, same sort of media. Like if we could get that word out everywhere and, and, and tell people the benefits of uh, of going through this whole process, then we would be able to have people on our uh, that agree with us. And it having gone through this whole election process uh, and talking with people, I can easily say yes. Three quarters of the people that I talked to agreed with me 
but they were too afraid to vote in that particular way right now. And yeah. so I don't think I'll go into any more detail, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of where it was. I, we have a lot more people agreeing with us than we possibly think. And, uh, and one way to, to, to make sure that is just go and talk to your neighbor. Maybe you haven't talked to your neighbor in two years. Uh, maybe they've been too cooped up or whatever. Just go have a brief conversation with them. You don't have to push them in a direction. Just ask them. So what do you think has been happening? And, it, you know, people just want to talk. They want to talk about all this stuff. And it's amazing when that, that door becomes open by a neighbor or by a friend or a family member, it just comes pouring out. So Yeah. You, you bring up something really important I just want to touch on because I was actually quite excited about this. So we have just under 10,000 members right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't tell the story of the impact that we've had. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Jeff Ratt thinks we've actually impacted the election, in fact. But but here is something we, we deal with a company called Meltwater Analytics and um, and and um, and I'm quite uh, really encouraged and enthused by by the metric. So Meltwater Analytics provides analytic information to governments, organizations, societies uh, around the world mm -hmm. and. Um, and this is the this is the information that they provided to us. It starts with engagements, but I'll just digress for a second and say, and say, if you want to educate and inspire somebody, you have to engage with them first of all. Yeah. Our engagement rate, according to Meltwater Analytics metrics, is roughly 2.8 million people, mm -hmm. many of whom are followers uh, who have engaged with us. Yeah. But that doesn't actually even speak to the reach that we've had. Just on social media platforms, our reach has is um, roughly 22.8 million people, wow. and it, or maybe it's 28. Walter can correct me. Yeah. But on on our reach and across the entire internet is 119 million. We've had 9.23 million views of our videos. Wow. So what what does this really mean? It means that we are on the radar mm -hmm. of of, of millions of people, not just in Alberta, but across across the world. Yeah. And we do get inspiring correspondence. I get inspiring um, correspondence uh, from people all over the place that are encouraging us in what we're doing because they look at us as a beacon of freedom and prosperity. If we pull off what we what we are what we have embarked on, mm -hmm. that's going to be. Um, stimulating for many other areas in the world. So what we're doing is a game changer. And I've always said, if we save Alberta, we may save Canada. And who knows what other areas of the world will save as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even just looking back through some of the comments, like people are, people are, I, I like it when people actually say hello from Lon London, Ontario, hello from the Yukon, yeah. because it really gives you a, a sense of, of how far the reach is. And I know even on our uh, Chris and Carrie podcast, we're, we have a map that's even on our page that shows the entire globe. And we're in Australia, we're in the Netherlands, obviously, we're in Asia. And, and a lot of that also comes through uh, Alberta Prosperity Project. So... Yeah, we're not just alone. There are many, many people from everywhere checking out what's happening in Alberta, and especially yeah. during the election, they were they were all over that. Yep. So here's a question: Are the APP movements happening elsewhere in Canada, such as Manitoba and Saskatchewan? And that's from Sharon. Uh, 
Right. Uh, so the the answer to that is yes. There's been a a, a, a movement attempted to get going in Saskatchewan. Um, but beyond that, uh, there has been discussions with Central Okanagan, uh, but I haven't seen a whole lot materialize. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, occur uh, in the near future. And I say that because I think there's been a, uh, a lull in activity in, in people's thinking, waiting for this Alberta election to unfold. Mm -hmm. And I think if the NDP had been elected, it would have been very disconcerting disconcerting for many people and they wouldn't know really where to go or what to do and probably many people would leave the province along with businesses which is what happened when the NDP were elected before but this I can tell you um, there is a there is a national organization called uh, I think it's the frontier for freedom um, I think the head office is in uh, in Manitoba uh, Peter Hall is the uh, president and CEO of it I think it's that and um, and they, they are working with us as well. So um, very excited about that. They have a, a branch in Abbotsford and I was talking to a, a gentleman from there the other day. Uh, and so our intention is to be working, to working with them as well. So not necessarily an APP movement in Manitoba or in some of these other areas, uh, but definitely a movement that is aligned with, with what it is we are educating the public about. Except mm -hmm. in Saskatchewan, there is an APP movement, um, but I'm not sure where it's at right now. And actually, Chris and I and uh, Roger Hutkinson actually spoke in Swift Current uh, last year. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully they'll they'll reach out and let us know what's uh, what's happening over there. And I believe it would just be SPP. That's right. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, let, let's go through some of the questions here. So. People I meet sometimes say APP is not about separating, including some in this room. So obviously this was a Bowdoin question. Doesn't this cause separatists in the room to get frustrated and want to leave APP? Well, that, that really is an excellent uh, question. Actually, all the questions are excellent, yeah. but I particularly like this one because the, it, it's like I said earlier, um, if you want Alberta to leave Canada, how do you want it to leave? Do you want it to leave and join the U.S.? Do you want it to leave and become an independent sovereign constitutional republic? Or do you want it to leave with Saskatchewan and, and somewhere in some other regions in the West? Um, well, the, the truth of the matter is, is that you have to, you have to have all of the um, different perspectives on what separation means mm -hmm. coming together. And it's like I said earlier, you know, what does independence mean? What does separation mean? Separation could mean for some people that Alberta stays in Canada, but it's completely unaffected by the federal government. In other words, it has complete control of its wealth and affairs consequent to an Alberta constitution, which yeah. trumps the Canadian constitution. Or Alberta leaves and joins the US or Alberta becomes an independent sovereign constitutional republic mm -hmm. or like I say Alberta leaves with some um, other regions in Canada but everybody has to realize that that in order to get a plurality to vote in favor of Alberta independence or Alberta sovereignty all of these different perspectives have to align even the people 
um, who don't want Alberta to leave Canada, but they want complete control of our wealth and affairs. Mm -hmm. Those people also have to vote in favor of independence or Alberta sovereignty, mm -hmm. because the legal pathway out is that that referendum, when successful, triggers the Clarity Act. Mm -hmm. And the Clarity Act is that legal pathway for Alberta to leave Canada. But under that circumstance, it's the provincial government that is negotiating with Ottawa and the other province about the, the terms of a new relationship with Canada. And in terms of a new relationship with Canada can be that Alberta is an independent country, sovereign, um, but we will still have terms of a new relationship with Canada, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so and so for people who can't get their head around um, the importance of us all coming together, voting in favor of a referendum on Alberta independence or Alberta sovereignty, if you can't understand that we need all to come together, um, and you're not willing to support empowering the provincial government consequent to that referendum on independence, then we can't win. Yeah. Okay. We have to win by getting all of the perspectives voting in favor of that referendum on independence. Mm -hmm. So we don't want different organizations such as Take Back Alberta, Take Back Our Freedoms, etc. We don't want them to change what they're doing. Carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just synergize with us on this one issue that you will vote in favor of a petition that forces a referendum on Alberta independence. So, yeah. um, so I don't want people to get frustrated and want to leave the Alberta Prosperity Project because we're not about separating. We absolutely are about separating, but it's separating in a way in which it works for the majority of the public that will vote in favor. Yeah. So for me personally, I would like to see Alberta leave Canada but with Saskatchewan and some other regions in the West mm -hmm. and form a new country. Yeah. Second choice would be Alberta becoming an independent sovereign constitutional Republic. And my third choice would be Alberta remains in Canada, but with complete control of uh, our wealth and affairs. So in a way we would be independent, but we would be within Canada, but the, but the federal government would have really virtually no control of us. Yeah. So I've often said to people, they've said, well, what would the federal government do? And in my opinion, the only thing that they would do is arrange meetings yeah. and maybe and maybe run the military. And mm -hmm. that's it, you okay. know, so. But again, that would be something that would be on the table to say, you know what, if we take care of this and this and this, maybe if you guys do take care of the military, then instead of calling it an equalization payment, maybe we just call it a military payment. Or I'm, I'm just kind of making stuff off the top of my head. But the point is, is that we need to get to the table in order to have these discussions. And That's really, right. the only way that we can do that is to educate Albertans what the benefits of doing this would be, and then obviously come up with some sort of a clear question. Yeah. And ideally, and I know, Dennis, you've talked about this before, have some stuff in place already. Maybe if, yeah. if a big thing is uh, we need our own police force, then we've at least looked at that and have a plan in place or, or our own taxation or our own uh, pension plan or, you know, those. Well, the provincial government's already on the record for yeah. wanting to take control of policing, pensions, immigration, employment insurance and provincial tax collection. Perfect. And yeah. that that doesn't even require a referendum, although Danielle Smith has said she would hold a referendum on uh, repatriating the pension plan. Yeah. Um, 
but it's unnecessary for for her to do that but the real issue the real issue in terms of our own sovereignty is when we control all of our wealth mm-hmm. so that means taking control of federal taxation yeah. and then get rid of, getting rid of the carbon tax yeah um getting rid of bill 60 bill c69 bill c48 um ending the canada health act which yeah. prevents creative solutions to health care and by the way i don't know if the listeners are aware of um the recent bill that's uh, in the senate and it's uh uh it's uh, section uh, uh s243 and s243 um is an act that will restrict the financial institutions for providing capital uh, to the hydrocarbon industry uh, and the way they've done it is they've said um, if a financial institution provides capital to the hydrocarbon industry um, the institution the financial institution has to charge 25% interest wow. well as, as you can see right there that would basically dry up the funding for the hydrocarbon industry so i ask myself the question to just rhetorically with respect to daniel smith what's your red line you know um is the red line this bill is mm-hmm. it the bill that uh, is before the supreme court right now in which um uh, bill C- bill c69 will carry on um is it a new bill that might come with rescinding the 1930 natural resources transfer act i mean all of these things should be a red line in my mind Mm-hmm. to uh to uh call for a referendum on possession. Yeah. Let's throw up another question there Walter. Is it a mistake to ask Albertans who want to stay to vote to leave in order to negotiate a better deal in Canada? Well, that's an interesting question. Is it a mistake? Yeah. Well, um is it a mistake for Albertans who want to stay in Canada uh, to be subjected to uh, the restrictions that are coming? Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay to uh, for those people who want to remain in Canada to accept on an ongoing basis to be overgoverned, overregulated, and overtaxed? Mm-hmm. Is it okay for our for our standard of living? to be dramatically reduced. In fact, Jack Mintz has said, uh, ending our hydrocarbon industry will result in a one-third reduction in the average income of Albertans. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay to stay in Canada if you are opposed to uh, biological males competing mm-hmm. in sports with females? Yeah. Is it okay to remain in Canada um, if you are opposed uh, to the teaching of multiple genders and transgenderism in the schools. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to remain in Canada, for example, um, when you're losing your your uh, freedom of speech, such as intended with Bill um, Bill C uh, Bill C eighteen, mm-hmm. um, and um, and is it okay um, to remain in Canada if schools, colleges, and universities will um, censor uh, conservative thought and prevent 
debates in which there might be a conservative thought expressed. These are the kinds of things that are happening. Um, and, and, you know, are you, you know, if you stay in, if we stay in Canada without doing something, are, are you okay with the implementation of the WEF, mm-hmm. uh, UN agenda yep. 2030 and the implementation of the great reset along with a digital ID and a central bank digital currency and a social credit score that will track and control everything that you do and prevent you from even accessing your account if you want to purchase something that they don't agree with, such as another round of stakes mm-hmm. or travel someplace because you've already ha- left too much of a carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, so, so the question is, is it is it truly uh, appropriate then to remain in Canada if you are going to be completely subjugated and controlled in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. If you love central government control and if you love um, uh, being, um, you know, losing your freedoms and rights and your prosperity and that you want the government to provide um, you safety and security, well, the reality is, as, as it's been said, uh, if you give up safety for security, if you give up prosperity for security, you'll have neither um, mm-hmm. under central Marxist control. Yeah. So I would I would say to the answer to that to that question, it's incumbent on people who value Canada, value the the, the original values and principles upon which Canada was created. It was created based on Judeo-Christian values. Well, those are being tossed out the window right now. But if you value those things, well, you know, um, we can, we can, we can um, retain those values and principles by standing up for Alberta. And Mm -hmm. the only way to do that uh, is through a referendum on Alberta secession. And people, people who are concerned about leaving Canada, just remember, Canada has already left us in terms of values and principles and freedom and prosperity. So, so this is this is the only way in which we can retain, um, you know, the family as as being the the um, pillar of society, mm-hmm. pass on values and principles and accountability and responsibility and a work ethic and critical thinking to future generations. You know, we need to retain the importance of the family, and the family—the importance of the family—is being wrested asunder. Yeah. Now that's that's all great stuff, and and that's kind of why we do these webinars, and that's why we want to get the word out. And you know, you brought up C18, and there's also C11 too, which is yeah. basically impacted us. So somebody was asking how many people are actually watching this online. There's about a hundred, 120. Let's just say that number should be 600 to a thousand. And the reason is, is a lot of people don't see these until after it's been it's been started or maybe they'll see it in a couple of days because that's the way Facebook and uh, and wherever else you're watching is, uh, is is set up to do that. So if you can and if you, if you think this is valuable to to you and uh, maybe your friends on your uh, Facebook or wherever you're watching it from, share it. Don't be uh, afraid of doing that. And yeah, I think we're at the point where we don't need to be scared of what people think about us right now 
they already know that we're <laughs> where we're going and and where we stand. And by all means, I think it's important that everyone take a stand and share it on your Facebook and or or, sh- or share it on Instagram or wherever wherever you happen to be. Because I, the only way we're gonna win this and is to educate people and to get the word out as much as possible. So I see right at the bottom, it says share this video with your friends. And, uh, and I think that's exactly what we need to be doing. So hopefully everybody out there can do that. So uh, here's another question. Since there are much more followers on Facebook, et cetera, right now than members, can a crowdfund be done for advertising? Yeah, I think it could be uh, done. And it's something that, um, you know, we thought about, we haven't, ex- we haven't uh, executed that plan yet, but I think the, the, uh, the issue here is um, we, could, we could do this, for example, targeted at specific tasks. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we want to have a billboard campaign yes. to get our message out. This is what um, Patterson Group is going to cost us. Mm-hmm. This is what um, another group is going to cost us. Um, and we think we'll get a biggest bang or the biggest bang for a buck with this group. And here's why. And we're going to try and crowdfund this. And yeah, that's uh, that's something that uh, we certainly we certainly can do. And, you know, um, the members meeting was really fundamentally a relaunch of, yes. of of APP along with the new business plan. So we're just getting going and it's a great idea. Um, and we can we can definitely target that, and we'll trial it. We'll 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 see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just posted a donate to help us protect Alberta's sovereignty, and it's under Alberta's Prosperity Project. Dot Nation Builder, blah blah blah. And uh, so yeah, and you can just go on the Alberta Prosperity Project website, and uh, and please, if you can, make a donation. Nothing is too small. Um, you know, again, if there's Three million people, and they all donate uh, one dollar. That's uh, three million dollars. So yeah. you know, we can do that. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Scott is uh, posting from the Whistle Stop Cafe. He's he's unable to join us, but he's certainly diligent on his Android phone. So he actually said, "I'm not sure if you can find this one, uh, Walter, but it, the fundraising idea is one of the reasons APP does not issue tax receipts." Those who de- donate are not, will not uh, be identified to the federal government. So that's another important thing, right? And uh, that, that is exactly yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. People, you know, in this era of cancel culture, yeah. uh, if you're donating to a cause that seems to go against the leftist narrative, um, people and businesses can get attacked. And yeah. so that's that really is the most important reason is that, we do want donors to uh, financial donors to maintain their anonymity, mm-hmm. and we we have committed that uh, that uh, that those names will never be released. Yeah, awesome. Uh, let's throw up a couple more questions there, Walter. What are your ideas for dismantling government bureaucracy that is not pro Alberta and wastes our money? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Let me answer it in two ways, federally and provincially. Yeah. So federally, of course, if, if, uh, if, if our empowered government charts a new path forward for Alberta and restructures our relationship with Canada, we've eliminated the federal bureaucracy. Okay, so that, that would be gone. And the federal bureaucracy is so inefficient 
that compared to private enterprise, uh, providing a product or a service at one dollar, it costs the it costs us through uh, the federal government providing that service three dollars. That's mm -hmm. how inefficient the bureaucracy is. Yeah. Provincially, um, the bureaucracy is also bloated. It specifically, got bloated as a result of when the NDP were uh, were elected in that in that four year period, and um, the you know the Alberta Prosperity Project can only encourage and recommend uh, to the provincial government. It's up to them to make the changes, but the provincial government is aware that there is a bloated bureaucracy. I'd like to see the provincial government do what Ralph Klein did. And what Ralph did is he uh, targeted his, uh, the largest portfolio, several of the largest portfolios, and he basically tasked them to cut um, 20 or 30% out of their budget. Um, and this emanated as a result of discussions with the business community when Ralph posed the question, uh, what do you think needs to be done? And the answer was you need to rein in spending. And so um, uh, the, uh, the various um, MLAs on their portfolio, such as Steve Smith, basically told uh, the bureaucracy, told, told the, uh, the deputy minister uh, you need to cut 20% out of your budget. And if you don't do it within 30 days, we'll replace you with somebody who can. Mm -hmm. So in other words, a hard stance needs to be taken because there's a lot of people um, that are that are working in the in the bureaucracy uh, that would be that would be uh, better off working in the private sector. Um, and if the, if the if this provincial government really believes in less governance, and less taxation and less regulation, then obviously they need less personnel, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, and I understand the new cabinet is smaller than the former cabinet already. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's a good thing. And I imagine there'll be some people uh, who will be terminated and there will be others who will retire without being replaced. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is a process and We'll have to see how the UCP government handles handles this. Yeah. Um, here, here's a. I'm just going to interrupt that question there, Walter. There's a, another question here. Will there be presentations in Alberta again? APP presentations. We uh, we actually have a uh, a core group of of people that. Uh, well, it's 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 our her uh, operations meeting we do on mondays and we we actually had this conversation in regards to doing a bunch of different events uh you know we're talking about maybe doing a movie and having a presentation there and and speakers after and yeah so we definitely want to get to that doing it during the summer i'm not even sure if that's the the, the best time to do it because of course everyone's busy during the summer and our summer so so short but we will definitely be looking at uh, at that, and uh, and and you know we we also need to know where to do these presentations as well. So you know it's easy to just say do it in Calgary and Edmonton, but you know if you're in in a town I've never even heard of, and yet you have uh, 200 people that want to be APP members, by all means reach out to us and let us know because uh, we or had, have a, or at least have a presentation. Yes, absolutely, because we had 130 chapters, I believe. And it's kind of dwindled down to 30, but that doesn't mean the numbers have dwindled. And I, I want to, I want to definitely make, make it so people understand that what we've got is, you know, the election came along and a bunch of other things and people, people ended up looking in different directions. 
And now that the election's done and we want to get people back on track, we still have the same number of people, but we may not have chapter leaders or we may not have people involved in, in putting together events or anything like that. So that is definitely what we want to have, uh, again, from these get get involved and we've said that right from day one we need volunteers we need people to get involved and you know sometimes you get involved in one group and you, and it just filters off into another one so of course i'm involved in a bunch of different groups but yet i volunteer my time in those different groups so it's not like i'm just an app guy i can be some something else and i think if if people recognize that they can get involved in, in, in doing what they love and what they're passionate about and then say, yes, we, we can do this. Oh, and there's another event over here and, and it's a short drive away or I really feel like I should be involved, then by all means, let us know. Walter just posted, want to host a local event? Contact us at contact at albertaprosperity.com. And you can also, any comments uh, in regards to that as well and, and how the operations team can be be looking at things in the fall. By all means, let us know. Okay, now we can go back to the question. <laughs> if the Conservatives win federally in a couple of years, because I think it's actually, what, it's 2025, I think is technically when they could do their next election. Do you believe Alberta's position would change in Confederation? Yeah, that's that's another good question. Mm -hmm. um, so, if Pierre Polyvov uh, and the Conservative Party are elected, and let me emphasize, there's no guarantee that they will be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but if they are elected, it won't change anything. Because remember, um, in order to be elected, you've got to cater to the wishes of Quebec and Ontario, because mm -hmm. that's where the voting power is. And in order to re remain elected in a subsequent election, again, you have to cater to the wishes of Quebec and Ontario, which is why Confederation, one of the reasons why Confederation has failed is because we started off as a colony to serve the interests of the East mm -hmm. um, for them to be able to pillage our wealth. Um, and nothing's going to change. They're not going to give up on um, you know the $60 billion that we give every year yeah. in federal taxes, we get back 27. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's instructive to know that for, when equalization started in 1965, along with the national energy policy, we've given nearly $700 billion to the federal government for which we haven't received a cent in return. Um, and so, and then, as you know, we overfund the pension plan by three billion, EI by a by a billion dollars, and so nothing is going to change, uh, even with uh, even with uh, Pierre Polyvov in place. Now, let's just say, for example, he said, "Well, we're going to end equalization." Well, you know, that's going to require a constitutional change. Mm -hmm. There are six provinces of the of the ten that uh, benefit from equalization. Yeah. Do you think they're going to vote in favor of ending equalization? Yeah. No, they're not. So there's really there's really no future for Alberta within Canada under the current construct that that the Constitution has imposed on us. Mm -hmm. So nothing nothing will nothing will change. I, you know, um, 
we always do a little bit better with a conservative government in power, but it's not enough to move the needle. Yeah. And then what happens, you know, four years after Pierre Polyvov is elected? I was just going to say that. Yeah. We can lose the game. We're right back in the same mess. That's right. And right now, you know, um, we're, uh, you know, we're facing down the barrel of that WEF-UN agenda, which is coming at us like a freight train. And we're seeing what the federal government is doing to us with the implementation of these various bills, which mm -hmm. are doing nothing um, to benefit Alberta and everything to benefit uh, the East um, and this false narrative of climate change. Yeah, all very good, uh, very good points. And, and, and it really does, you know, I was going to say about what happens in four years after that, because we seem to be just swinging that pendulum. And likewise, we've had uh, a few conservative prime ministers, at least in my lifetime. And mm -hmm. yeah, things are a little bit better, but they're certainly not where we want it to be. And, you know, Alberta certainly is getting the short end of the stick when it comes down to that. So Here's a good question. How much money does uh, goes to Ottawa compared to returns for returns back, obviously, to Alberta, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan? Well, I can't speak to Manitoba and Saskatchewan, but I can tell you that insofar as Alberta is concerned, just on federal taxation alone, we give roughly $60 billion a year. Yeah. Federal transfers that come back on health and social services and infrastructure, we get back 27. Yeah. So they have $33 billion from us that they use for virtue signaling causes yeah. and for paying for things that don't align with our values. Gee, for heaven's sake, they can't even look after our veterans, yeah. notwithstanding maintaining a functioning, a highly functioning military. Yeah. So, so, um, and then of course we've got equalization, which is another cost on top of that yeah. uh, of several billion dollars a year. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're losing at every uh, in every way, economically, uh, morally, in terms of uh, imposing, you know, moral values that don't align. With, I mean, values that don't align with uh, align with our original Judeo-Christian yeah. um, values, and you know what was the foundation for this for this country. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're even talking, we're even talking about, uh, you know, um, not, not celebrating um, Remembrance Day, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? um, and, 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 and other things like that. I mean, it really is sort of bothersome, yeah. more than bothersome. This is great. We're getting lots of questions in here. So... <laughs> Hey guys, maybe I totally misunderstood an email a while back from APP, but I thought Dennis was leaving and APP was done. Well, let me respond to that. Um, APP doesn't necessarily need Dennis Modry. Um, I yes. left on February the 6th because I had to deal with a, a personal problem, not completely resolved. But you know, the interesting thing is, is when you're facing something tragic, um, and you know you need to step away, um, you realize after a period of time that your heart and soul and your mind um, is still with the cause. And the cause is uh, what the Alberta Prosperity Project has been doing. Mm -hmm. So um, just a couple of weeks ago, 
um, I had suggested to the board that I'd be willing to come back on the board. Um, I didn't feel as though I could take on the responsibilities of the CEO, um, not at least until I had my problem resolved, and I'm not sure I ever will, but if I do, um, that, that would be a consideration. But I'm not advocating for that. So I just decided that if the board wanted me back, I'd come back on the board and I'd play a role to help with our uh, new CEO, Chris Scott, mm-hmm. um, um, and help him and help the operations team from the from a strategic perspective. So I took a position with APP uh, as just chief strategist. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to weigh in, uh, we, you know, whenever I can to help yeah. this movement yeah. move along. So. And, a- and APP is not going away. Um, no, no, we we've all invested way too much time and effort for sure. And and the message is just clear. Like it's, uh, um, you know, even if for some reason APP itself folded. And so here's here's uh, we were at a, a an APP chapter meeting last night in uh, Pinoka. Chris Scott was actually speaking there and I was there just kind of. Uh, hanging out, if you want to call it that. But the conversations we had, and Chris even brought it up during uh, when he was speaking, was even if APP something happened and folded, that community of people is still so strong, like-minded, that they will keep pushing forward. And I think that's the important thing is um, APP is not just uh, this society that it's the only thing that can ever possibly go down this road. It's it's a vehicle that we can use to drive down that road. But if something happens, by all means, you know, get involved and and get involved with us. And and if that doesn't work for you, get involved with somebody else that or a different group that is like minded as well. And I think that's the important thing is that, you know, we've we've sat around for so long. And uh, and myself, I was not involved in politics. I really had no I didn't care about it. Uh, it was all, you know, business for me and, and, and pleasure going trips and, and all that kind of stuff. And things, as you well know, took a turn in 2020. And that certainly opened my eyes to uh, what's important. And uh, I've always put my family and, and friends first, and they still are. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at how things have gone these last three years, and especially the other stuff that I'm involved with now, I, I, I think everyone should really be looking and saying, what could I have done differently, you know, even 10 years ago? And w- whatever you possibly think that you could have done 10 years ago, do it now. Why not get involved with with something that you believe in and get involved with with a group of people that you enjoy actually spending time with? Uh, <laughs> you know, without getting to, into too much detail, you know, I, I had a group of friends or a group of acquaintances more more like it that I would go out and do stuff with only because really for the most part, that's, that was kind of my core friends and my more core group. And, and that's all I could really do. And and now that I look at it and it's like, the only reason I was with them per se was because that was the only option given to me at the time. But now I've got so many other friends in such a, a, a community that I, I'm, I feel blessed to having even gone through this whole COVID madness because that's the reason why I obviously went through it so that I could be involved in, in things like this. So that yeah, was an awakening. Yeah, I, I was absolutely an awakening. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would suggest though, it is important for APP to survive mm. uh, because you do need a vesicle, a vessel or a vehicle, yeah. uh, if you will, uh, 
that can galvanize everybody and, yep. and, help, and help foster this community of people that value uh, individual freedoms, rights, and prosperity. So, yep. so I think it's really important for the Alberta Prosperity Project to survive. And let's assume, for example, that, um, that, that uh, we are successful and that that referendum on Alberta independence uh, is successful yes. and the provincial government restructures our relationship with Canada, whether it's within Canada or without Canada. Yeah. Um, APP needs to survive beyond that. And I'll tell you why. Because subsequent to World War II, the socialist Marxists have been relentless at working to implement their so-called a communist manifesto mm -hmm. and they've infiltrated the school systems in, in uh, various institutions corporations and government yeah. and we as conservatives who value freedoms and rights individual freedoms rights and prosperity have been asleep at the switch yeah. um, and we haven't pushed back and so we're now at a point where we are pushing back but if we are when we are successful we still need to be diligent subsequently and APP's role subsequently, you know, in five years from now, four years from now, will be to maintain that diligence, mm -hmm. that conservative diligence to protect the values and principles upon which we were founded. Yeah. And of course, Chris, Chris Scott needs to chime in. <laughs> Raz. <laughs> Achieving Alberta independence can only be accomplished with an organized, dedicated group that works to educate Albertans as to the rationale behind independence. APP is that educational group. And that, I totally agree with that. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's let's go for another 15 minutes anyways and, and see what other questions we can answer. Because I know, again, we had like 33 questions. Some of them, I think, were, uh, were repeats, but I want to kind of go through that. Is the work on a draft constitution being completed? Well, so actually, the, the, the answer to that is yes, it has been. Okay. Um, it, needs, it needs more vetting, mm -hmm. um, but it's a constitution that um, is, is, is supreme to the Canadian constitution. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, um, and it needs to be ratified by the provincial government, okay? But uh, before it goes to the provincial government, it's going to need to be ratified by APP members um, before we can give it to the provincial government and see what they have to say. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I know uh, Leighton has been working on various components of it as well, uh, and. Um, we haven't worked on it for a while now. It's been it's been a few months, uh, but that's because, uh, in part, we were waiting to see the outcome of the election, mm -hmm. uh, and it was more important uh, for us to complete the business plan, with the expectation that uh, the NDP would not be elected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do they? Do you have a draft of it, the constitution up anywhere that anyone can look no, at? No, we ha we haven't posted it because I think it's you know there it. it it's been contributed by to by by various people, and I think there are some issues in it that Jeff and Leighton really need to uh, weigh in on. Okay. Um, and uh, but you know, I would suggest this uh, that I think it would be uh, 
and it's part of the business plan, by the way, um, is to get that out uh, sometime in the in this uh, next uh, six months. Okay. So the the six month schedule, like I said, there are, there are four components to the business plan, four yeah. timelines to the business plan, and in the next six months, the uh, hopefully we can roll out a draft constitution for people to weigh in on yeah. and give us their feedback, see what they have to say. Now, you, you can get a bit of a clue to some of it because it's, it's uh, you know, there are concepts that are contained within the policy and governance material that's on the website. So RA asked, and I did see that, so Ebony just uh, managed to repost it. Alberta being landlocked is being brought up again. Can Dr. Modri explain again, please? Sure. No. Yeah, that's a question that comes up a lot, particularly by people who say, oh, there's no darn way that uh, you guys are going to pull this off. Uh, that'll end the economic reality of Alberta, etc. You know, so let me let me explain how this how this can work. Um, for one thing, I, I want to make mention of, to to those people who have bought into the Kool Aid that um, that that uh, business would pull out of Alberta, uh, an investment would pull out of Alberta if Alberta became an independent uh, nation. Mm -hmm. That's an independent nation um, unto itself or an independent nation with uh, Saskatchewan and some other regions in the West. Mm -hmm. The reality in life is that business will always move to the most, um, to the best and to, to the best economic and regulatory environment. So if taxes are the lowest in the world and the regulatory environment is the best for getting things done, business will be here. They yep. will re relocate here because of that. On the issue of being landlocked, um, well, there's a couple of things to be said. Uh, I'm not a fan of the WEF and the UN, uh, but the UN agenda, uh, sorry, the UN um, uh, treaty, which is, uh, it's called the, uh, uh, it's a treaty on the uh, it's it's the convention on the on the um, just forget how, the terminology. But in any case, this is a convention on the law of the sea. That's what it is. A convention on the law of the sea. Articles 124 and 125, according to the United Nations, give landlocked countries um, access to tidewater. Um, so if we didn't have access to tidewater then the federal government and the BC government would be moving against uh, the UN, those, that UN resolution. Now, mm -hmm. we're not really landlocked, we're policy locked. Yes. Okay? We're policy locked because of Bill C-69 and Bill C-48. Yep. We get out from under those and that problem is solved. I would say this as well. It's not in the interest of BC or the rest of Canada to embargo Alberta because we're not without clout. In fact, we would have more control of the development and transport of our natural resources as an independent nation than we do now. And the reason for that is because, not just because of the UN uh, resolutions 124 and 125, but more because we have the ability as an independent nation to block the uh, transport of people, goods and services across our borders from east to west and west mm -hmm. to east. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to block flyovers as well. Yeah. So is that in the interest 
of the uh, rest of the country? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it would be very likely that um, if Alberta didn't didn't get what it wanted uh, in negotiations and made a determination because they have the moral and legal legitimacy uh, to become an independent nation, that they would become that Alberta would become an independent nation, and then it would be in the interest of the rest of Canada to negotiate terms of how trade would work mm -hmm. uh, and and that sort of thing. That's so right. it 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 would it would I mean when you think about the massive amount of cargo and agricultural products etc. that go out of our port um, um, in um, in Richmond. Um, in, in Vancouver, in the Vancouver area, uh, it's massive uh, from Asia, and so what we ship and what we receive, and so like I say, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be to the benefit of the rest of Canada. Now, some people have said, oh well, they could just uh, ship it through the U.S. Yeah. Not so easy, not so easy to do that, um, and and who knows what's going to happen with the next U.S. election. Mm -hmm. Uh, in in the next U.S. U.S. election with a federal with a Republican Party in power, uh, they probably wouldn't even allow that to occur. Mm -hmm. uh, they would support Alberta. Yeah. Uh, certainly, if Trump was the uh, the uh, president, he would be very much in support of Alberta. Somebody did ask: Is Alaska not interested in working with Alberta, even uh, looking at a railway to join the two areas together? Again, I think that's just that could be on the table. Like anything could actually be on the table. And it just, well, we, yeah, we would want that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you, if you think about it, um, yeah. that would be a great corridor uh, from central Alberta to Alaska yeah. with all of our agricultural products, mineral uh, yeah. products and, uh, and, uh, and uh, oil products and yeah. oil and gas yeah. and diesel, etc. Yeah. So, so yeah. And that's why Trump recommended that there be a, a rail line from uh, central Alberta to uh, to Alaska. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Trudeau said, well, that's a non-starter. You yeah. know, uh, so. And and what is the status? Do you know the status of uh, going through Churchill? I know. Uh... Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, yeah. We don't want to go through uh, Churchill because of the problem with the muskeg. Uh, okay. So the rail line, when it gets uh, closer to Churchill, I think it's just a few hundred miles of muskeg but that track is almost impossible to uh, maintain it costs millions and millions of dollars a year to maintain that track mm. um, it'd be much better to go to port nelson um, where the where a, a deep water port is already there yeah. it may require a little bit of excavation but that would be a, a better site yeah and and as as the uh, listeners on this call might recognize there has been uh, a, an agreement between the Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba governments to work towards um, a utility corridor uh, to Port Nelson. Yeah. And um, and uh, here it's coming up on the on the map. I uh, don't know if everybody's going to be able to see it all that well, but um, so there's Port Nelson. There's and, Port and, Nelson. And the reason is is I think it's all this in here is the muskeg. Yeah. This color. This color here. So yeah, you're right. If we ended up going something like this, again, I'm not an engineer, but that would be kind of the idea, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 is the idea, and so that's yeah. why Port Nelson has been discussed. What I'm worried about, 
with respect to this utility corridor is that the Manitoba voters uh, may vote in an NDP government. That's and if true. they do uh, this fall, when it, I think the election is October or November. Mm -hmm. uh, if they do, then since the Manitoba NDP government is controlled by the federal NDP government, as are all provincial governments, yeah. um, there would be the likelihood that the Manitoba government wouldn't go along with that utility corridor, even though First Nations are all on board. Yeah. They're all on board, just as just as First Nations are on board um, with the utility corridor to uh, uh, to the West Coast, yeah. to Kitimat or Prince Rupert. So, so uh, you know, I mean, these these are things that have to be negotiated and and carried out. But at least right now, it seems as though that utility corridor is um, likely to go ahead subject to what happens with the next election in Manitoba. Yeah. So let's let's do two more questions only because um, I would like to you know save some of those maybe constitutional type of questions or equalization for uh, Jeff for next week if he's able to come on. And I know Chris probably wants to come on next week as well. And maybe we can get other people involved as well. So even though we're not answering all the questions tonight, we're answering uh, a few of the, the, the pertinent ones that uh, were asked in Bowdoin. And uh, so let's try and finish off just a couple of those. Let's see if Walter can post a couple more up here. What can we do to prevent the legislation happening in California that it says if parents don't affirm their kids' gender, that social services can take the kids? And Eileen asked that at Bowdoin. Yeah, that's, uh, that obviously is of great concern because it is true um, that the way things are unfolding is parents are, pro are progressively losing the freedom to be the moral, cultural, and social pillar of society, yeah. to pass on to future generations values and principles, accountability, responsibility, work ethic, and, and critical thinking. And so, so this is all part of what the socialist government, and even if you've heard uh, President Biden speak, he doesn't talk about parents' children. He talks about their, our children. Mm, yeah. they're, they're, they're the state's children. And when it gets to a point where the state thinks that they're the parents, then they can take your children for any reason yeah. um, that um, doesn't align with uh, central government thinking and socialist thinking. So this is, this is definitely, uh, definitely a concern and it's a really good question. So the answer to that question, as far as I am concerned, is just about every problem that is plaguing us and every problem that could come about in the future can be resolved and prevented if we come together for common cause. Yeah. And we have a government that will protect our fundamental values and principles that will actually protect them. Mm -hmm. Will the UCP government do that? I don't know yet. And I don't think anybody does. Yeah. But uh, I will say this, in a previous conversation that I had with uh, the Premier 
early on before she even ran, decided to make a run, I asked her the question, if you're gonna run for government office, are you a value or principle-based leader mm -hmm. or are you a leader that uh, leads based on polling? And she said to her credit that she would be a value and principle-based leader. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, value and principle-based leaders are leaders like Margaret Thatcher. And she did not compromise on values and principles. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be the Iron Lady of Alberta, you will never be able to compromise on values and principles. Yeah. Now, I didn't get into the details of what her values and principles are, but we will find out. But and and even saying that, you know, she could hold her her uh, you know hold her values and basically say no, uh, Trudeau, this is not going to happen. The issue that could happen would be that she gets ousted by her party, and then we have somebody else come in. So I think the important thing would be if if she is going to bat for us, we need to stick behind her. And say this, you know, she, we need to give her the support that uh, that she needs in order to maintain our uh, maintain our freedoms. Yeah, there's a nuance to that, though, yeah. Carrie. Yeah. Um, support doesn't come necessarily by saying we support Daniel Smith. Yeah. Support comes by saying we support these values and principles, yeah. and we support these policies, and we support yeah. this governance yeah. uh, concept. Yeah. And it's up to her and her caucus to get on board with those values and principles if they want to govern in a way in which, uh, um, you know, their governance is based on values and principles yeah. and, uh, that they don't compromise on. So so we'll see, uh, you know, because you have to remember, Kerry, we have to maintain a nonpartisan perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we can support Danielle indirectly by supporting values, principles, and policies and governance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the problems we face today are happening globally as well. That is true. Thankfully, Daniel Smith formed the government here, but there is only so much she can do to protect us from the feds. And thankfully, we have the APP. But how do we stop this madness globally? We need yeah. APP chapters across the globe. That's the easiest way. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you now that I think you're going to find exciting. Um, so we're working with uh, uh, Alberta Free Inc. as well. Mm -hmm. Alberta Free Inc.'s concept is if, if Alberta was an island unto itself, how would we be self-sufficient and resilient in this world? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're working on energy security, working on agricultural security, working on communication security, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, as you know, Jordan Peterson is having a meeting in London uh, in October. And that meeting in London is designed to be an alternative to the World Economic Forum, right? You mm -hmm. guys are aware of that. Yeah. So Jordan Peterson is having this meeting to be a counter to the World Economic Forum. So what Alberta Free Inc. is doing, along with ARC, which is Jordan Peterson's company, along with the Alberta Prosperity Project, 
is to hold an annual meeting in Canmore. Canmore is a mountain town, right? Mm -hmm. Davos in Switzerland is a mountain town. Right? <laughs> so, I didn't think of that. You're right. Exactly. So we intend to have um, a conference with like 20,000 people flying in on their wonderfully um, kerosene, uh, you know, powered jets spewing kerosene fumes across the country as they fly here, which will make no bloody difference to the climate whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and it will be a, a counter narrative to um, what uh, the WEF and the UN are doing. And I think it's an exciting concept. Um, yeah. We know that we have um, support from Danielle for this concept because um, it's been discussed with her. And um, and we just need to complete the organization with uh, organization of this with Jordan Peterson okay. as well. So um, so at some point, um, you know, uh, this will be announced. And you know, maybe I'm a bit premature because it hasn't been all everything hasn't all been confirmed yet. No. But this is what we want to do. And so the answer to the question uh, that was posed is how do we have a global impact? Well, this is what we're intending on doing also to have a global impact. That's that's awesome and amazing, actually, to think that. It, uh, well, we've we've said it already earlier that uh, the, the world is looking at Alberta and Alberta can be the leaders that uh, they get us through this. So kudos to everybody that's involved in that, for sure. But don't you think this is a great poke in the eye of the WEF? Absolutely. That we have it also in a. It's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like it. Do you want to do maybe one more question? Why don't we do one more just because? Go ahead. I'm still drinking blueberry juice. And I'm still drinking my Coke and prune juice. And the proof <laughs> that it's blueberry juice is I haven't been slurring my words. Uh, Walter, do we have one more? If not, then I'll just uh, go back and take a look at any ones that were missed here. Um Just thank you, Dr. Dennis, for your presentation on what we were fed up with. I believe that the world was uh, was awakening. That's good. So lots of kudos to you guys, uh, everybody that was involved, uh, all the speakers on uh, on Saturday. Again, I, I missed it, but uh, I will be there the next one. And that's a good question, too, because I know some people asked, when is the next when is the next big meeting that we'll have? Well, I think the members meeting was so successful. Yeah. And it was so much fun for everybody to be there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was great to have six people on the stage yeah. uh, answering questions from the audience. It was very interactive and it was it really was a lot of fun. It was a great meal yeah. that Chris uh, and the Whistle Stop Cafe team put yeah. on too. Yeah. Um, so our thought was emanating from that meeting is that we need to have more member meetings than just one a year. Yeah. And so we should have at least two, um, if not if not more, but certainly at least two. Yeah. So if we thought maybe six months from now we have another members meeting in a nice location, and yeah. and uh, rather than five hundred people there, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have a couple thousand people there, wow. you know. So yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, but but no, and the volunteers did a brilliant job, and Kate Kate Graham who uh, yeah. really coordinated and organized the whole event. 
Yeah. Uh, kudos to her. She she did just a brilliant job. Not only did she organize it, she was the MC, yeah. and she was uh, she uh, she even sang at the event uh, with I mean, our uh, yeah. with the other two people um, in the band. Yeah. So it was it was really a ter terrific fun event. That's awesome. Yeah, and definitely do more of those. And and like we said, you know, we'll we'll get uh, presentations out there. Maybe we'll do some more events. Uh, maybe some movies or or, or live events and um, and and chapter events. So there, you know, it, it really is like a, a reboot of uh, of APP that's that's happening now. And uh, it'd be great to get more people involved. And if you've been involved already, then thank you so much. And uh, if if you took a little bit of a leave of absence, you know, reach out to us again, and and hopefully you can get involved with that. So, yeah, and for the listeners, you know, help us grow the membership. You know, Absolutely, get yeah. your friends involved. Have get them to come out to a meeting. Yeah, um, you know. So yeah. we've always said, you know, if, if if one person is an APP member, bring two people at the next meeting. Yeah, and that's yeah. how we grow the movement, right? So yeah. Well, good. yeah. I, I, Thanks again so much for coming on, Dennis. Always a wealth of information. Love it. And uh, yeah, next Wednesday we will uh, we will try and get Jeff back on. Hopefully he's not too busy uh, in his schedule and um, and maybe some other familiar faces. And uh, so with that, I will. It's now twenty to nine. So I'll wish you a fabulous rest of your evening. And uh, we hope to see you at an event soon. We have to plan an event and then we'll hope to see you guys soon. And if not, then uh, for sure by next Wednesday. And with that, take care, God bless, and good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.